bones are amazing things. They hold us up. They support us. They make us strong. But bones have other uses. In the past, bones were thrown by diviners, seeking out the mysteries of the future. Now the bones are cubes, made of plastic or resin. But they still reveal things to us. As they fall from our fingers and rattle across the table, the story becomes clear. Welcome to Bone Thrower's Theater, an RPG actual play podcast. Hello and welcome back to a all new, brand new Bone Thrower's Theater, where we explore this whole new world that we've created. This is Johnny, welcoming you back. This is Aaron. This is Jeremy. This is Jeff. And I am Jordan, and we have an entirely new campaign planned out and ready to go. Well, not necessarily planned out. Today is going to be completely <laughs> off the cuff for the next few episodes. Today is discovering who our characters actually are. Exactly. So, as you heard last session, we went ahead and did character creation. We came up with some very interesting, well-motivated characters, I think. They have a lot of interesting conflicts within their personalities just from the get-go. So, let's go ahead and go around the table, starting with Johnny, and just introduce... Um, our characters say our name, you know, what we what we do for a living, that kind of thing. Okay, my current name is, uh, I am Chime, Chime North. I work as a reintegration officer for the military. Now, for reintegration, are these soldiers that are coming back into service, or are they... No, leaving re- the service. They're leaving the service and coming back. Going okay. back into society. <clears throat> and if I remember correctly, you're a part of the North Belisarian Army? Yes. And there is compulsory service. Next, we have Aaron with... Uh, I'm going to be playing Sam Falouge. I uh, am a recently separated person from the military, a part of the Espionage Corps. Okay. And also, in addition to Sam... I will also be... We're going to be doing some fun stuff with an elemental known as Shade that will be played by myself. And shade is a darkness elemental. Shade is an air elemental. Air elemental. But has a very dark temperament. Very, very dark temperament is the plan. Okay. And my character is Julian Illix. Um, he's also from North Belisera. He's a couple years removed from his mandatory service, and he was in the field of search and rescue, and now is a private investigator. Okay. When you say search and rescue, are you talking about like? In emergency situations? Yes. Okay, emergency. rather than hunting down AWOL soldiers? No, it was an emergency situation. Okay. I am going to be playing Jer Lan. He is a recent, by recent I mean the past five years, a firefighter. Also a water proxy. His water elemental doesn't have a sociopathic urge to <laughs> reveal himself. <laughs> <laughs> So, so, in other words, your proxy stays more below the surface. Yeah, or the proxy stays below the surface than Jade does, so it doesn't really have a name or anything like that. Uh, it may, just... Well, not that I'm aware of. Though I do struggle with, yeah, my elemental... You are the proxy. Yeah. That's part of the struggle. That's part of the struggle, separating myself. Huh. Uh-oh. Notes are already being passed. Maybe <laughs> we'll start playing yet. No, it's nothing, nothing important. <laughs> but I'm trying to keep my water elemental undercover okay. a little bit. Don't want people to know you have an uh, elemental? Yeah. 
Well, that also factors into your character being a lot older than the rest of them. Yes, that's why I want to keep it. Yeah, we're all undercover. the rest of us are like mid twenties, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah my character is mid two hundreds. <laughs> So, so what, it's not a two in. What it starts with a two. <laughs> What's your physical appearance? I look to be about forty. Okay. Huh. So he, even with so, your appearance, you're the old man of the group. So can yeah. we call you Poppy? No. <laughs> I am Poppy. It's like that one episode of Inspectors where we called Mike's character Gramps. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, that was a good episode. So we haven't really discussed too much of what we're going to be. Playing, uh, like you said earlier, this is our discovery episode, like where we're basically going to go around and and just see what happens, like what <clears throat> develops out of the storylines, and and see how you guys meet together and all that. I was just assuming that because most of you have some kind of connection to North Belisira, that was going to be the at least the country that we start off in. Uh, we have some other countries listed uh, in our world that we could go to. We have. There are a couple big rivals. In addition to North Belisira, the major powers are Marnaline and Centauro. And then we also have a newly formed continent called Tetris. And that one, it's a smaller continent that's between North Belisira and Marnaline. And we don't know too much about, about Petrus at this point. So there might be some discovery there. There's also some undiscovered land that uh, might have people groups that we've not yet met. So, I like the fact that this world is a little open-ended. That allows us to get some interesting story play. I was thinking that we could go ahead and start in a city that was already established in the world building that we did. Mm -hmm. So, we have a couple of different options. We have the domed city of Greenhaven, which was domed because of, because of the cold. weather. Yeah, because it's super yeah. cold. Um, and then we also have Consiglio. That's the capital city. Of North Belisara? Yeah. Okay. Where do you guys want to start off? For Julian's character, it kind of makes sense to start off in Consiglio, because that's okay. where his most recent story points in his background have taken place. Right. And that that's that sounds fair. Does anybody else have any? No, my character's sort of a nomad. Every five to ten years, he wanders to a new place. That works for Sam. So it's about time for him to start moving on from as being a firefighter. So. As long as there's a military base there, I can be there. So. Oh, yeah, there's a the capital city. I'm they have a fairly <laughs> impressive garrison, I would imagine. I would think so. My, what an impressive garrison you have. That's what she said. That's true. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Everybody can't, <laughs> forgot for a moment that, that Aaron's playing character Sam as a female in disguise. As yes. a male. Yes. yes. Female disguised as male. So. Turn spit on the ground quite loudly. <laughs> Johnny did that once. <laughs> also an inspector. I don't know. I don't know. So where would you guys like to start? Does anybody in particular have something that they would like to do? This could be an instance where my character and Jeremy's meet up could be fighting a fire okay in the area that he could be showing up to investigate if it was a fire elemental i think that could be an idea mm. i feel like we're playing fiasco yeah that's kind of the yeah. the kind of the goal yeah. of this of this session 
So just to, to describe, we're using, instead of mini six this time, we're using the open D6 system. And uh, we're primarily pulling from the adventure, a D6 adventure source book. Hopefully we'll be able to supplement that from, with uh, things from other books as time goes by. But uh, for right now, that's where we're starting. How often do buildings catch on fire? Because as we've established before, um, this world is in a bit of an ice age. Uh, it's very cold outside. Yeah, which typically that's when you have more house fires. Right, yeah. exactly. Because people are trying to stay warm. They really need good chimney sweeps in this world. <laughs> oh, <gosh. laughs> well, you know, Toad was well on his way until he died. Yeah, not my, not, uh, not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> You're the one who opened your mouth. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was sort of imagining that most of the cities, like, especially the major cities, would be, like, domed. Okay. Yeah. So that they are more would have some more climate, climate control. control. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. To make it more livable for, yeah, the population. So instead of being negative 30, it's, you know, positive 40. Yeah. Yeah. Like, see, I mean, it's still, it's not, like, warm. You're, like, right, you're yeah. walk out right. in shorts and a t-shirt, but it's not like you're not going to freeze if you're outside for more than five minutes and since this is an artificially created ice age it's probably m- more extreme than it could be maybe certain parts yeah well we are pretty north. far north so right and, i imagine it would be a little more and the polar ice caps are are very close to the continent mm-hmm. and yeah. when you look at the map you can see that yeah. there's some parts where it looks like they're only a couple hundred miles apart or yeah, a couple hundred miles apart. Yeah, a cold apart. day could probably build a bridge. Yeah. So are we looking at getting all of the characters together right now, or are we... Eventually. Like, to start off. To start or off the game. Would we do more individual spots or coupling spots? That depends on what you guys want to do. Okay. I was imagining that by the end of this gaming session, so the next four episodes or so... All of the group would be together. Yeah. yeah. That, would, at, okay. would at least know each other. Yes. In one form yeah. or fashion. So we've all interacted. Yes. Somehow. So here's an idea. We have somebody who is being separated from the military dishonorably because they cannot control their fire elemental. Okay. And time is actually in, in charge of the separation. Something happens... He goes a little rogue for a second and starts fire in the separation facility. Yeah, that can make sense. So let's go ahead and set the scene. Mm-hmm. Chime, go ahead and describe what your office looks like. I'm here at this point. I've been working at this in this department for a while now, a couple of years now. So I actually do have an office. I'm not one of the cubicle rats. Was this something that you've always done, or is this? Like you said, you I, can... I did my basic training. I did my uh, my term out in the field. Mm-hmm. And then while I was out in the field, I got promoted, you know, advanced in rank, and they saw my uh, abilities at talking to people. Okay. And decided that was the appropriate place to place me. And do you like this office job compared to what you were doing in the field? Oh, absolutely. I don't like conflict. Conflict ain't your thing. No. So my office itself is not a very large office, you know, maybe 8 by 10 office. 
room for a desk and a chair. Okay. Like, do you interview these individuals one-on-one in yes. your office? Yes. Because I'm in a more advanced position, I deal, deal with people who have had more specialized training, and so they have a little bit harder time reintegrating. All right, so the individual that you're going to be interviewing is a guy named Oriel Pellick. Okay. He was in the mountain range. Okay. And things were not going well. He was not acclimating well to his assignment. Like I would say that earth elementals are probably like the engineering core. Yes. Water elementals, we've discussed, are kind of the... The med core. The med core. Yeah. Air elementals... Or more the espionage. Espionage and flight. Um, of course, you can have non-proxies. Oh, yeah. No, because uh, it's mandatory service for everyone. Everyone. Fire elemental probably would be, like, combat. Yeah. Um, special operations. Special uh, operations, combat. The Marines. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the grunts. So... We blow things up. Yeah. The, the more... Fire elements tend to go to the more aggressive career paths. Right. Riel was uh, working in the mountains. Yeah, he was working okay. in the mountains. He was he was infantry. Is he a proxy or normal or a Nate or is it unknown? He's a proxy. He didn't start off as a proxy. Well, he went through basic as in common. yeah common somewhere along the lines during his training. He actually bonded with a fire elemental. Okay, um, but he was infantry before. He was stationed in the Southern Mountain Range. And it seems like actually the bonding was not something that he was intending. Okay, so it was a side effect of some action. Yeah, and um, that's actually the reason why he's being separated early. It's because he's not dealing with the bonding well. Okay. They go ahead and they bring him into your office. And he's sitting at the table. And it's like he's got these giant oven mitts on his hands. (laughs) <laughs> because they're trying to keep his power contained and everything like that. So if he's being dismissed, that means he's already done some of the uh, assigned uh, therapy that military has. Right. And it's not helping. Right. So is he in conflict with his elemental is the question. Yeah. Now, are there outer offices? Like, he's got an inner office, and there would be, like, a receptionist? or. So what I would imagine is that... Um, this is a multi-floored building, like a, we'll say, six-story building. Okay. And it's mostly put together by basically wood, and the outside, outer parts of the building are earth that's been thrown up into the air by the, by the earth elementals. So, and then the interior is completely put together by, by carpenters and, and tradesmen. So it's like, you, you think concrete, but, you know, done with mm-hmm. magic. There's an open floor plan, uh, for the most part. Like a lot of the office is is open floor, mm-hmm. and there are rows of desks on each level. About, we'll say there's about uh, about forty desks on yeah. per floor. Call center and, style. Yeah, but these are just people who are processing yeah. paperwork and and filing and, and doing the mundanities of military work before there are computers to handle all that and then the people who work with the soldiers being separated are in offices on the perimeter of this open room this is on the third floor third floor so at the same time that this guy is being brought into chimes office julian is actually walking into the lobby of this building okay why are you 
in the uh, the building at this point. That's what I was asking. Is there like a main like reception like? Oh, desk? downstairs on the first floor. Or, yes. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. So he would walk up to the whoever's behind the desk mm-hmm. and introduce himself. Says, uh, "Yes, um, my name is Julian Ellis. Um, I spoke to somebody on the phone recently. I'm investigating a string of arson." I believe a fire elemental is responsible for, and I have, so far, my investigation has led here. I spoke to somebody about questioning some people that have to do with organizing and keeping track of the elementals that are being used at this facility. All right. The receptionist is uh, a young soldier. It looks like they're they're rather low-ranking, probably like a Lance Corporal just recently assigned. Person who didn't do well in basic. <laughs> well, not on the military side of things. Yeah, yeah like all, like everybody in this yeah. office is pretty much administrative corps. Yeah. So this secretary, Lance Corporal, it says, just one moment, and they look through their um, calendar. Oh, yes, I do see a Mr. Illix here. Uh, you are going to be meeting with a, uh, what's your rank? I'm not familiar with military ranks as well as I should be for this. <laughs> well, you can make it up because this is the made-up yeah. world. Do whatever you want to be. Drink up. Who's gonna make it up? That might be a little hard for me to pronounce. <laughs> I don't even know how to write that down. I'll probably be like a lieutenant. A lieutenant. Yeah. Okay. So low-ranking officer. Yeah, low-ranking officer. The lieutenant is perfect for that. Mm-hmm. Just in the real world, you stay lieutenant for a long time, and then you stay captain for a long time. And if you're lucky, then you become a major. Yes. So, Just think back to Terra Proximus. Yeah. <laughs> and as a lieutenant, everyone generally assumes you're uh, a little special. That you don't know what you're talking Maybe about. Maybe not here. Maybe not in this world, but in the real world. <laughs> Said our, the actual veteran sitting at the table. <laughs> All right, so Sorry, I do. Lieutenant Baker. <laughs> <laughs> You're calling someone out. Okay. All right, so you'll be seeing Major Ilian, and they give you the directions to Major Ilian's office, and and say when you get there, then their secretary will, will give you further instructions. Okay. All right, thank you very much. All right, so Lieutenant North. Yes. So, Mr. Pellick. Hmm. Yes. I understand that you've uh, been having some troubles dealing with your newfound abilities. I really don't understand what is happening. I, I was fine in the field, and then one night when I was on patrol, it was just like fireworks went off in my head. And the next thing I know, like, everything was, was burning around me. Yes, um, I understand, and that's... Not an easy thing to deal with. Uh, we've had a few people come through here with similar stories. Unfortunately, you're among the ones who have the harder time adapting. Could you lower the temperature? Absolutely. Type a quick note that it's being taken care of. It's so hot in here. Yes. Well, do me a favor and just keep calm. When I understand that's the... First step to controlling what you have found. Okay. I'm here to help you connect with doctors outside of the military and help you find work. I mean, what kind of work is available for someone in my situation? Well, there's 
several different types of jobs. Mechanics, foundry work, there's... You were just infantry here, correct? That's right. Did you have any career goals? I I really didn't. I mean, it was mandatory service. I was just... I, yeah, I, I understand that's why you were doing it. Enlisted, but even before that, what, what were your goals in life? I wanted to be a painter. A painter. Well, there can be lots of art done with uh, fire. It's not necessarily painting, but definitely art. I, I'm really sorry. Could you lower the temperature again? There's only so much we can lower the temperature. I'm sorry, but... You're like seeing beads of sweat just like yeah. running down his uh, into his the collar of his uniform. Are you nervous about something right now? I, I'm just really hot. Take a breath. Calm down. We're going to cut over to Julianette for the moment. What floor is Major Elian's office? The fifth floor. Fifth floor. So the way that you're going up, it's an elevator, but it's an elevator that's being pushed by air elementals. Like they've been captured in these pods that sit in like balls at the corners of this platform. And then you tell the attendant what floor you want to go to, and then they work with the elementals to actually levitate it up to the particular level. So is the attendant an actual proxy? Or yes. Okay. The attendant or is it an android? I would imagine it's a proxy. Okay. Military doesn't like the android so much. Probably not. Depends on the military. I mean, Lieutenant Commander Data is not really going to show up in this. <laughs> <laughs> So is that the is that the only option, or is there like an actual staircase? There is an actual staircase, uh, but this is the public access. It's an emergency only staircase. Oh, so on his way up, Julian is going to say that to the the attendant. Okay. He's like, uh, you know, you guys should install a public access stairwell. Well, you're not the first to say that, but I'm not the one who makes the decisions in terms of architecture. Not just architecture. I mean, yeah, you are essentially using these elementals to get this elevator where it needs to go, but that's not very safe. Well, here's your floor. We'll see you on your trip down. <laughs> and so I guess you exit the elevator. Yeah, just walk out the yeah, elevator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of those old-time elevators where there's the arrow that goes on the half circle. Uh, so... All of a sudden you hear a ding, and it's like you're able to get off. And it, this floor is different from the third floor where Chime's office is located. This one is, um, it's far more closed off. There's a very ornate feel to it. Basically, there there are glass doors. Like, when you go in, into the lobby, there's like a long hallway, um, and it appears there are several different offices. And each office has like a sign next to it. Um, listing like the organization that it's a part of like um, for example you have medical records you have artillery inventory things of that nature like listed along the side and the one that you want is the elemental personnel office and it has a real fancy logo the logo is actually divided in uh, like a circle divided into four quadrants one quadrant has uh, like a cyclone. Okay. The other one has boulders that are stacked up. Okay. The third has flame in it. The final one has a giant like drop of water. And it's very ornately decorated. Clear glass doors, like mentioned before, there's metallic handles. 
you go inside, there's really nice plants, office plants, just decorating. It looks a cut above what you would expect from the rest of the building from the outside. Okay. The secretary there says to you, uh, yes, can I help you? Uh, yes, I'm Mr. Illix. I'm here to meet with somebody about an investigation into uh, some arsons. Well, the major is, is busy at the moment, uh, but he will be with you as soon as he's available. You can have a seat on one of our couches. And they gesture over to a nice little seating area. Is there anyone, anyone else in there? Mm, no, no, it doesn't seem to be. Okay. Not, not just, just like the secretary and some of the, the military personnel working in the office. And we'll go ahead and cut back over to Jer. What is your day like when you first start off? Well, I go in to the firehouse. I check my gear, make sure it all works. Okay. Make sure it's easy to get on and off. All the buckles are not rusty or whatever. And then I just hang out. I'm assuming you work with the team? Yeah. How many people are on on your fire squad? There's about... 40 people that work in the building rotations uh, throughout the day because mm-hmm. it's a 24-hour deal. So I guess like 10 at a time would be in the building unless there's need for more. So on a regular call, there would be four to five of us going like, uh, out. Is everybody who works for the fire department, are they all water elementals? No. There's commons and a couple of innate What's more prevalent? Like one and eight. <laughs> okay. Are proxies or uh, commons more prevalent at the firehouse? At the firehouse, common. We have a couple of different kinds of proxies. There's an earth proxy, another water proxy, and a, a wind proxy, and an air proxy, I guess. And you're like you are a firefighter. But do you specialize as like a medic or anything like that? Or yeah, yeah, I specialize as medic and and help with. Actually, putting out the fires. If okay, I can. and but you're mostly like in, helping people who might be injured or yeah. anything like that. Well, being trained as a medic. Okay, that's what I do. Is, is there anything interesting that happens to you, like, or anything going on at the building when you get there? Nothing really. I mean, someone brought in donuts, so that's always exciting. There's leftover. Someone's leftover taco in the fridge. It's about to get eaten. They didn't put their name on it. No names. Must be one of the new guys. You're going to learn today. <laughs> That's breakfast right there. That is breakfast right there. What is the most common way to get around the Dome Cities? Around the outer edge, there's monorails and trains that, that go into the center like spokes on a wheel. Okay. The monorails are elevated? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're, they're up above normal walking and driving areas. Now, let me ask you this. If there's a fire in the, t- in the town, how does that affect the oxygen levels within the dome? I mean, maybe a little bit it would affect it, but not enough to make it detrimental. Okay. I'm imagining inside the dome you don't see a lot of, a lot of precipitation, except for, like, fountains and, and sprinklers and stuff like that. Yeah. Or if you need water for, like, fight, fighting fires, you definitely have a hookup for that. Yeah. Oh, and just because there's an ice age doesn't mean there's ice everywhere outside the dome. I wouldn't just be like barren, cold desert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But when it snows, not necessarily. Not necessarily. Certain parts are. Certain parts are. Yeah. And Consiglio is actually on the 
northwestern part of the the country, like, mm-hmm. and it's actually towards the ocean. So, yeah, it, could, it would be pretty icy there. Yeah, we're going to go ahead and take a break here, and when we come back, we will continue on. Hey, Mets, have you ever read Dragonlance? Dragonlance, that sounds familiar. Well, it was a it was a Dungeons and Dragons campaign. Yeah, that they turned into a book. Okay, and here's the crazy part, though. Let, let me just pitch this to you. All right, the narrator of the book is actually unreliable. He's spinning us one story while trying to tell another, and you have to kind of piece together from contextual clues or missing information exactly what's going on. It's really, really deep and really, really cool. Really? No, I'm just kidding. It's about an annoying gnome. So it's more like my life. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> well, it's a good thing we have better novels than that to analyze on Alzebra's Soup, where we literally become our favorite authors by devouring portions of their brains. Devouring brains, of course, means reading books. And, and over at Alzebra's Soup, we dive deep into some of our favorite novels, especially those by famed author Gene Wolfe. If you're interested, please come check us out. We're online at alzebosoup.libsyn.com or on any of your favorite podcast hosting services. I'm sorry if I offended any Dragonlance listeners. No, you're not. And we are back. After you finish up your your breakfast of stolen taco, yeah. you hear uh, someone saying in the in the background, where did my breakfast go? Like someone who is just getting off of shift. I don't say a thing. <laughs> I just continue going about my business. <laughs> but only because he didn't put his name on it. Sam, what are you doing at this point in the day. So it's still early morning. It's early morning. It's about, we'll say that it's about 8, 8.30. So Sam's uh, very much a creature of habit. I've gotten up nice and early, and the first thing I do every day is I sweep my room and make sure that it doesn't look like I live there. I'm used to traveling at a moment's notice mm-hmm. and not wanting people to follow me. In terms of for, like your living situation, are you like in a in a efficiency or it's, you? It's a really really small apartment. I have a bed, and a chair, and a fridge. Do you have like a wardrobe or anything, or do you just keep everything in a bag? It stays in a bag. So the first thing I do is I wake up and I sweep and I make sure that you know I keep some food in the fridge, but it's like staples, things that most people are nothing that I don't keep anything around that ties the room to me. I would imagine you you haven't done any, like, hanging up posters or or paintings or anything like that? No, I have not. Okay. What do you do once you finish with the cleaning of your room? So, um, right now, every morning, I have to report to my uh, separation officer. Okay. um, And get my, because I'm currently without a job, so get my list of places to go to attempt to apply and try to find uh, employment after the service. So essentially, this sounds like a unemployment office specifically for soldiers. Yes. Mm-hmm. Part of my job. Yeah. So asking just out of game, is that how it's normally handled? No. No, I didn't think so. No, not at all. It's no. like pretty much you're done, see ya. The, there is a training period where you learn to write resumes and things like that. But. Right. So yeah, go in and I see my uh, separation officer. So that way I can get my, my task list for the day. As well as if I have to see any counselors or if I have like a medical appointment. What time do you have to meet with your separation officer? Around 10 in the morning? Yeah. Oddly enough, you're going to the same building where um, Julian and Chime are. Because, you know, you're meeting with your separation officer. So we'll say that it's about 
9.30 in the morning at this point. So Chime, this guy, Oriel Pellick, seems to be getting a little warmer under the collar as he's going on. Um, He's, like, reaching up with his oven mitts, and he's, like, wiping his face quite a bit. um, I'm starting to panic just a little bit myself, but trying to keep it cool. Mr. Pellick, if uh, you can't calm down and control yourself, we're going to have to uh, detain you again. You you mean we'll, we'll put you back in the safe room, you know, the, your fireproof room that you've been kept in the past few days. Maybe that would be best. I, I'm really feeling hot, and he, like, starts to... No, to leave, like, your, leave your mittens on. <sighs> leave them on. <laughs> leave them on. They're, they're clasped. I you pick up, you pick up my phone. Uh, can we get some escorts in here? He pops it. He pops one off and just grabs it with his teeth and pulls it off. And then he unclasps the other one and he like reaches down, touches your metal desk, and you can start to see like the paint boiling off of it. Mr. Pellet, I'm gonna have to ask you to stop. He shoves back. I- I'm sorry. I just I can't take it anymore. And he starts unbuttoning his shirt. That's uh, hot. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so I did just call for uh, escorts. So they should be. Uh, he he pulls his his shirt off and he just begins like wiping sweat off of his off of his face and arms and everything, and his hands are starting to get uh, this cherry glow to them. Mr. Pellet, we need to put your gloves back on. I can't. It, it's it's it's. So what happens is that his countenance just changes. And he's like, at this point, he's been looking really afraid of what's going on. And all of a sudden, he just stops talking. And he just looks at you. And he smiles really big. And it sounds like his voice drops quite a bit. And he and someone goes, what's the matter? Got a little afraid? Mr. Pellick, we need to get this under control. He's not here right now, but you can leave a message at the sound of the explosion. Pellick's hands just lights up like a torch. Are you sure you really want me to go? I can be most persuasive in interrogation procedures. And uh, shoves his hand towards your face. How far away from It's just on the other side of the desk. It's not a very large desk either. It's only no, it's, about three feet wide. Yeah. Because you're just a lieutenant. Yeah. <laughs> Your desk gets larger and larger yes, as you go does. up in rank. <laughs> as it does in the real world. Yeah. yeah. You see this uh, TV strange thing? Vincent. No drawers, nothing. Just, no, just, just a flat piece of wood. <laughs> you think your desk at one point was a drop-down tray in an airplane. <laughs> well, when he punches towards me, I dodge. Okay. He's going to go ahead and roll brawling to try and hit you with a flaming fist. Jordan's first roll of the new campaign rolls a six on his wild die. Yes, but so did mine. Which means Jordan's just getting warmed up, and Johnny, you've used up your luck for the rest of the session. <laughs> <laughs> I rolled a 23 to dodge. Well, I rolled a 14. So what happens at this point is that you're able to get out of the way, but he slams his fist into the wooden wall that was separating your office from the next one over. 
has a really long arm. <laughs> no, no, it's like, it's a very narrow office. Yeah, I know, but like, you have the three foot of the desk, and then the place for my chair. Well, it's sort of like he swung at you, and, and then just, just collided uh, inside. So, yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Hook. Hook punch. Yeah, yeah. And so you're, you like, dodged out of the way, and hit the sidewall. Yes. Immediately, you can just smell the charring of the wood. And this is a smell that just strikes terror into your heart. Yes. Are the uh, uh, escorts there yet? Even a rod. Uh, yes. They weren't that far away. I didn't think they would be. But yeah, so... <laughs> <laughs> the door bursts open, and there are three soldiers in fire retardant gear. And they, they go to try and grab him, and uh, he goes to get out of the way. You know, when you're dealing yeah. with uh, unstable fire proxy, then you probably would want a little bit more protection. Eleven. So they go to they go to grab him, and he tries to get out of the way. Doesn't really succeed. They're able to grab hold of him, but he trips and he falls on the floor. He's laughing all the way down as like his torso just bursts into flame as he belly flops across the floor. We need to get him extinguished quickly. Is there fire extinguishers in the in the or like a uh, fire extinguisher? No, sprinkler system. Sprinkler, yeah. Uh, I would imagine there's a sprinkler system in the building, but I don't know that they would have ignited just yet. They have to reach a certain temperature before they go off. Okay. Ideally, you stop the fire before they go off. Even or odd? Odd. Ah. You're on the wrong side of the fire. He's. Well, I know that. Yeah, he's got you. You're not able to get around to the. Not easily, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did, have they uh, grabbed the hold of him? Yes, they're wearing the flame-resistant mittens yeah. as well. Yeah, it's like <laughs> pulling a, a pan out of the oven. Oh, this chocolate lava cake is going to be amazing. <laughs> All right, so I say the last one head out. Get an extinguisher in here quickly. Okay. Does that be a command roll? Yes. All right. But it's going to be a very easy one because, yeah, yeah he, he definitely wants to help you out with that. Good thing it's easy. 13. Yeah, you, you definitely succeed with five dice, though. <laughs> so you rolled on a moderate level. He runs out. Fortunately, there are fire extinguishers, like, stationed on the wall between each office door. Because, you know, they realize... It's just the nature to work with you. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the nature of elementals being what they are. And they start spraying the room down. But it's taking effect, but he's able to, like, just reach out. Like, he's just, as he's being pulled out of the room, either he's trying to get his hands out from the retardant that's being sprayed down. Just, and he's, like, touching things, trying to light everything he can on fire as he's being pulled out of the room. He managed to actually get one hand into the waste basket, which was full of, like, papers and, and everything like that. And so that catches on fire. Are you... You're still in the room, I would imagine. Well, that's why I was selling the extinguisher for his room out, not him. Yeah. Okay. So they grab the the fire extinguisher um, and they they toss it to you. Mm-hmm. All right. And you'll need three moderate successes to put out the fire. All right. Uh, what am I rolling for that? Coordination. No alarms have gone off. Not at this point. It's, yeah, this is very close. I'd say give it one more minute and then it would. Either coordination or reflexes. I don't think coordination because the. You're trying to, yeah, you're trying to get at the. 
Okay. That's uh, 11. And a moderate success is uh, 11, 11 to 15. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's one success. 12. 12. Very good. 13. All right. More than 13. 18. All right. So, so you're able to put out the office fire, um, but now the floor feels very unstable. Unstable. Well, sure. But because it was burning. <laughs> yep. But I wanted to be able to get out of the room. Uh, as soon as the fire's out, I leave the room, and I help start spraying the... Uh, Okay. Mr. Pellick with the retarded. Okay. So, as you do that, he manages to spread the fire even more. Like, as you're putting out the room, they're, like, trying to, to drag, him, drag him out and get him under control, but he's just growing hotter and hotter. And, actually, it starts melting the gloves. We have to get him out of this building. I would imagine you hit the fire alarm. Yeah, I hit the yeah. fire alarm. So... You're in this meeting now with, with Major Illich. Oh, so I'm in the meeting. Yes. Brings you into his office and he, he sits you down in a nice chair. How can I help you today? Uh, well, I've been hired to investigate the string of arson. And I have a series of thermal images here that show a distinct heat signature over the course of the last two years. Very distinct. Before the events of a fire have taken place. Uh, the most recent was in a training facility operated and overseen by this building. So you're saying that you believe that a soldier, or you you believe that there is something setting off fires that's related to the, to the base? I believe it's a fire elemental that is setting off these fires. And it shows the thermal images of four different dates, the last one being, I guess, two months ago. Okay. Well, you're saying that you believe this elemental is somehow attached to the military. This is where these images have led me. And I know that the military does do a lot of bonding with elementals. So maybe one of your newer soldiers has bonded to an elemental that has been causing problems for many years before. That is a possibility. But if it was an elemental that was... Have you noticed a change in the, the patterns at all? Like, has the frequency changed, or has it been something that's been in specific times of the year or anything like that? What, what are some of the other... I haven't noticed any specific times. There's been four cases over the past two years of unexplained fires, and there has been an convenient explanation that has been given to these fires but no one has an explanation for these heat signatures okay. that I've picked up on these thermal images which is why I was hired to investigate sure what, what is your intention at this point I would like to just do a simple interview with newly trained soldiers that are fire proxies just some simple questions we might be able to arrange that, but you would need to have a military police escort. That's fine. Let me go ahead and get some records together, and then we'll we'll go ahead and get started. This might take a day or two to, to gather all the records of fire proxy soldiers that are here in the base. If you don't mind, let me go ahead and show you to the door. 
And as he stands up to take you out, that's when the fire alarm goes off. The alarm goes off. Julian's going to be like, to the major, fire alarm? Question. Yes. Hmm. Fire, and he says it more server. Fire alarm. Curious. It's not as much of a surprise as you would think. Uh, he seems to be, like, keeping his cool about him pretty well. Sometimes there are issues. It's not always with fire elemental or fire proxies, but sometimes soldiers don't acclimate well to their their environment. But let's go ahead and go down. We need Can to I be evacuating you? right now. So let's go ahead and continue this while we go down the stairs. Okay. And he pulls out a lighter. Okay. Uh, like a Zippo-style lighter. And lights it and just holds it out to the major and says, It's not what you think. Just hold this. Okay, he takes it. Julian reaches out and just puts his two fingers at the tip of the flame. Okay. And now he can sense if there is a fire elemental In the within building? 100 meters of him. Okay. Well, there definitely is. <laughs> the answer is yes. Probably, now, probably more than one. Yeah. Yeah, there's about 20 of them. Within 100 meters? Oh my goodness. A lot of people work in the building, and this is... There's an, uh, an entire floor between you and where the fire is happening. Is there a specific reason that you're touching the flame? Because that's part of how I built the... The spell? The spell. Go ahead and describe the, the spell for us, since this is the first time you're using it. The spell, I can communicate telepathically with any elemental within 100 meters. Uh, even if the elemental does not wish to communicate back, I can still sense their presence and general state of mind. Okay. Oh, forgot to do the willpower check. Okay. I have to do a willpower check, and I have to have necessary components and gestures and the aid of another person to actually make this work. So that was the, the so lighter. That was the one willing or unwilling, yeah. yeah. The good. willpower check, which we can do to see actually see um, components, I have to have something that refers to the element of the elemental I'm trying to... to That's why you have with. a jar of dirt. That's why I have a jar of dirt, yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've got a jar of dirt. <laughs> so, there needs to be someone assisting, which someone... The, the major. The major is actually holding the flame. Mm-hmm. That's the component, and the gesture is me t- touching the, the flame. So, willpower check, and... You sent me your... Well, okay, are we going to use the difficulty as the willpower check? I think so, yes. Okay, okay. so the difficulty for fire would be eight. Okay, so that's a pretty easy check to make. Yes. So you roll your whatever the magic is for that spell. No, you roll no. willpower. That's, I do uh, the willpower check. Your... Three plus one. For your thing, yeah. Thirteen. Thirteen? Cool. So you are able to successfully uh, reach out. And you can tell there's a difference there. There's, like I said, there was, what, 20? About 20. Yeah, about 20 there. And um, some of them, some of the proxies just seem like they're they're, do- they're doing A-OK. Others, like you can tell, like two floors down, there's at least two or three elementals that are very concerned about something that's happening. And you also sense one that is burning brighter than all of the others just mentally speaking it's like you can see little candles in your mind right okay. so some of them are like just burning like a normal flame 
like a normal candle in a controlled environment, there are different colors of flames, which is kind of a cool effect. Like you can see some blue ones, some red ones. Some of them are slightly greenish in color. And this one is just burning white hot. And it's like, instead of just like a candle flame, it's like a, um, like a oil lamp that has the wick too long. And so it's just like flickering really fast. And you can tell that, that very this agitated. one is, is very agitated, yes. Okay, so general state of mind is agitated. Yes. Okay. I'm going to try and communicate with it. Okay. And persuade it to just calm down. Okay. That would be pretty difficult to do, because this one, it seems to be taking some kind of perverse pleasure in how much it's burning. Yes. Uh, but that ability gives me plus 4D okay. to the persuasion, which to persuade an elemental... Um, for Julian, that's 60 plus 1. Okay. So, basically, he just communicating with it, saying, calm down, you're going to destroy the entire complex. Okay. And while he while he's doing this, uh, the Major would notice that Julian starts sweating. Okay. Was your hand still over the flame? Uh, no. Okay. Oh! One on the wild dot. So as a reminder for those of you who have listened but don't know, the one on the wild die means that the die that has the highest number gets taken away in addition to the wild die. So what did you roll? I rolled a 15. That is unfortunately not what I had assigned as a target number. So you tell this this fire elemental to calm down. He's going to cause the whole building to burn. And you just hear... That's what I want. And time you actually hear Pelic shouting, "That's what I want!" And then the you can see that he bursts into even higher flame, and it looks like his skin is actually beginning to be consumed. And you can smell like this roasting meat smell. Smells like bacon and meatballs and onions and habanero and barbecue sauce. <laughs> You all will have to wait a few weeks to hear that reference. <laughs> what that reference is all about. So, upon hearing that, Julian just reaches out, looks at the major deadpan in the face, and is like, "You have a fire alarm for trying to burn down your complex." Takes his lighter and just starts to walk away from. Him. Fire alarm going off. Fire alarm going off. That means fire that department be on their the way. fire department is on their way. And Sam is at the door. It looks like we're going to have to wait to find out what happens next time. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Hope you enjoyed. Thank you for listening to Bone Throwers Theater. Our cast is Aaron, Jeff, Jeremy, Johnny, and Jordan. We are releasing this podcast under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0, unported license. That means that you can share the podcast, but please do not modify it or try to gain financially from it. If you would like to visit our website, you can do so at bonethrowerstheater.com. If you would like to send us an email, you can do so at bonethrowerstheater at gmail.com. Our Twitter handle is at bonethrowerstheater, and also you can look us up on Facebook. And until next time, may the bones fall ever in your favor. This has been a Nerd Circle podcast production.